Welcome to another episode of Inside Line with Dr. Daniel Cameron. Today, Dr. Cameron will be discussing the case of a 36-year-old man who developed severe neuropathic pain in both of his feet. The man had been diagnosed with post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome and eventually required surgery to control the pain. The man's foot pain was so extreme, it was categorized as a level 10 out of 10, even when receiving methadone. Good evening, Dr. Cameron. Good evening, Darlene. Thank you for joining us to discuss this important topic. Now, this case was recently published in, in a journal article that you were reading. Yeah, I thought this case reminded me of pain in some of my patients in my practice. They often have different kinds of pain. So this happened to be neuropathic pain of the feet, which is a severe pain, but there's a lot of other pains that I see in my Lyme patients. They have back pain, they can have pelvic pain, headaches are painful. Many of them have a stiff neck uh, or soreness in their neck, chest pain. Uh, some of them have autonomic issues where they have abdominal pain. So there's quite a range of pains that uh, I see in my Lyme disease patients. Do you typically see pain that is as, th as this severe as described in this case? Yeah, I often see uh, a range of pain, but I have people where their pain is on a 10 out of 10. And so that's not a surprise. Uh, sometimes the feet can hurt just when you step out of your bed and, and head out to the bathroom. They can still hurt. And feet, sometimes podiatrists have called it plantar fasciitis. In Lyme disease, it tends to be a broader range of issues beyond the feet. So if one looks at headache, poor concentration, fatigue, and other issues, it's easier to diagnose Lyme than to focus only on the feet pain. Now, the doctors had assumed that the Lyme disease infection had cleared and therefore did not treat this patient with antibiotics. Do you think that could have made a difference if they continued the antibiotic treatment? Well, the authors assumed that this patient suffered from post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome, which means they've been treated, called post-treatment, and they call it a syndrome. But the authors never discussed what actually uh, were the antibiotics that were used. It's easy to, to call it post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome, even if they've only had three or four weeks of antibiotics. But I can't judge reading this article as to whether they had the kind of treatment that would cover Lyme and the various co-infections in a tick. You know, I might have looked again a second time to see if there was another antibiotic answer, but I can't comment on the treatment if the authors didn't describe that treatment. Now, the patient received several medications to try to control the pain or the pain symptoms. Um, but stopped those medications due to side effects. And he in, instead, he underwent two surgical procedures. Can you tell us a little bit about those procedures? Well, first, I'll talk about the pain management itself. Uh, I find that if somebody has Lyme disease, it can be very difficult to treat that pain. So they uh, were tried narcotics, uh, and that wasn't very effective. I find sometimes that might cut the edge, but they still have a 10 by 10 pain. I send them to pain management and even they have a trouble managing the pain. This patient also had antidepressants, two different antidepressants that were used with the hope that would help with pain. 
And they also had uh, gabapentin, which is also called Neurotin, which is used for pain. Despite multiple modalities, they ended up at a pain management center. And they discussed in the article some of the options that they offered this particular patient who had unrelenting, unresolved pain. In this case, the doctors thought that some kind of stimulator trial would work. Uh, and since there was some reduction of the pain from 10 to 3, that's a, a meaningful reduction of pain. And then they did a pulse generator implantation in the back to try to get control over the pain. It was effective at pain management, so the score dropped to a 0 to 2. They were able to uh, cut back considerably on the methadone, which is a narcotic. The patient was able to um, begin to work full time as a healthcare provider in an ambulatory clinic. The concern, of course, is that is this is a procedure, and it's a procedure that's fairly pricey and invasive. But fortunately for this 36-year-old man, that he had some relief uh, that was meaningful for his pain. So these are, these are procedures that a typical patient would not undergo? Most of my patients I treat uh, with an antibiotic, and they do quite well with pain. But because I have a broad range of patients, some of them end up needing some kind of invasive work with a pain management doctor. In this case, if the antidepressants don't work, the neuropathic medicines like gabapentin don't work, uh, I've had a few of them take Lyrica, and Lyrica also has uh, some relief of pain, but it also has plenty of side effects. And so in some cases, I've had them have procedures where they do nerve blocks. Uh, they, uh, in this case, it was just more invasive. It was, it was a stimulator trial and pulse generator implantation. Now, my concern with a patient like this is that the focus from pain management is on the pain. In actual practice, Lyme disease patients often have a broad range of other issues. Many times they'll suffer with uh, fatigue, uh, poor concentration, sleep disruption, uh, headache, lightheadedness, dizziness uh, as a good example. Sometimes you're left with a patient who has a broad range of other issues that aren't addressed, unresolved, and are difficult. Fortunately, this patient seemed to have pain as a dominant issue because the patient uh, was able to return to work. Now, if I had been a fly on the wall, it would have been interesting to see what other symptoms that this, uh, this young man uh, were experiencing. My concern um, is, um, would there be a persistent infection that had not been addressed and had been dismissed as post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome that might have been able to get to the cause of this man's pain? Now, the authors of this study stressed the need for new approaches to managing pain in patients with post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I think that uh, it's helpful to have pain management, take an interest in the amount of pain that some of these patients have. And so I was appreciated these authors taking on and describing uh, what they great measures it took to get control over the pain in this 36-year-old man. And so hopefully with these kind of articles, 
it'll allow us to have a better understanding of pain. It'll also allow us um, some insights as to how to manage pain if the antibiotic doesn't resolve the illness. Can you tell us a little bit about what uh, post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome is and why it's so controversial? This is a compromise that some doctors have taken. Lots of doctors uh, think that chronic Lyme doesn't exist. There's no distinct entity like chronic Lyme. And yet doctors like myself and patients who I take care of remain sick. Many of them remain sick. In fact, one out of three patients uh, often remain sick for a long time. And so some doctors have said, well, why don't we just call it a syndrome? So we'll grant that they're sick but we're not going to grant they have a persistent infection. So now that they've used that term, you get an author like this who just calls it post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome. There's no discussion of whether there's a role for an antibiotic. So it became a controversial diagnosis. Once a doctor uses it, the assumption is that there's no persistent infection. The doctor won't treat with an antibiotic. And in this case, the 36-year-old man was not offer another antibiotic according to a description. It's not clear uh, in this kind of case uh, whether I would have been comfortable calling it post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome until we have a more reliable test to make sure there's no persistent infection. Thank you, Dr. Cameron, for discussing this important topic. Thank you, Darlene, for leading this discussion. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Have a good evening.